ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another off-season edition of the Lashing Out Podcast. He's Kevin Quigley. I'm Jared Prugar. Kevin, it is post-season Senior Bowl-esque games. We've got the East-West Shrine Bowl. We've got the Reese's Senior Bowl. Both have a plethora of Nittany Lions. Namely, the Senior Bowl has Kalen King and Johnny Dixon, two cornerbacks. Um, Kalen King did not leave Penn State on good terms, in my opinion. Um, with the way things things ended there with the hit, the lack the peach bowl or lack thereof, you know that is kind of that, but that's the nature of the beast. And then in, in the East West Shrine game, you have Hunter Norzad and Caden Wallace, um, who are doing a, an excellent job from all accounts uh, in their performances. Which is, you know, when you look at the grand scheme of thing and, and how Hunter Norzad did, um, I think it, it, it's it's very hard to decipher really how productive a guy can be against an eight-man stacked box um, or seven, eight-man box when you don't show a threat of running and your quarterback isn't threatening anybody. Yeah, and the purpose of these games is to get that national exposure and to just to show off what you can do. And uh, if you're Norzad and Caden Wallace, you were outshined by Olu Fashionu. And so now... You're getting put in with all-stars people on your offensive line or going against offensive all-stars defensive line. And you kind of get to show your worth. And I, I, I think it was uh, one of the heads from the senior bowl, the Reese senior bowl. He was talking about like NIL has done a lot to how these rosters are stacked up mm-hmm. because guys who have potentially, you know, accepted invites in the past, like they're waiting another year. So I, I think it was kind of like talking out of one side of his mouth and, meaning it out of the other but like these are guys that you know he said that the meat and potatoes of the ro- of the roster for the senior bowl is guys who are going in the fourth to seventh round and if you're hunter norzad like you just got to get a shot i i i think Cade wallace probably goes a little bit higher than draft than norzad does um but if you're norzad like you have a chance to show like you're going up against other nfl guys or fringe nfl guys and you just got to go up and show out and it's it's one last chance to put good tape on there. And arguably it's probably the the best chance because you have every scout ever, every media person is down there right now. And it's except us. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's just put one more good thing, a p- good piece of tape on everyone's getting the measurables they're doing interviews. Everything's going on down there for them. And you know, it's, it's basically an interview. Well, and that's the thing too, you know, Norzad at Penn State was a center. Do I think that he's going to end up at center in the NFL? No, I think he probably projects a little bit more a better as a guard. And I think that's the other thing too you get out of these games is you're playing different positions. And you're they're probably playing positions that they're not quite used to, but also that they think they might be better suited for because obviously needs at the collegiate level are very different than the NFL level. So I think that goes into factors. But Caden Wallace is always is going to test well. Um, at Penn State's Pro Day in the Combine if he gets an invite. And and Norzad's going to test well, I think, at their Combine. I don't think that he – I don't think that he's going to get an invite to the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. But I do think that he'll test well at Penn State Pro Day and, and that Combine-type that type, combine type atmosphere. But on the flip side, you look at Johnny Dixon and Kaylin King, and things didn't go terribly well for them um, according to some of the things we see on Twitter. Now, they also didn't go well for Bo Nix. Um, for Oregon either and I think that's the other thing too is now you're seeing more and more of those practice reps 
and those are hard to quantify as well because they're let's be real they're practice reps yes they might be a one-on-one battle with a, a, a top corner but you you don't have the chemistry you don't have a lot of things going for you so yeah you're going to see some maybe things that you might not be used to seeing out of certain guys but you just kind of got to ride that wave of what's how what what is best to quantify things that you see and quantify that play yeah and Another guy who's on the roster, um, Adisa Isaac's also down at the Senior Bowl as well. So that's a guy who's going to get a little bit more national exposure. Chop Robinson's not there um, as the other Penn State defensive end. So he kind of gets to shine uh, by himself as a Penn State player. But yeah, it's there are a lot of practice reps. And it looks like Johnny Dixon, I mean, you, you talk about a guy who probably burned even a bigger bridge uh, leaving Penn State. It's probably Johnny Dixon just pretty much going AWOL and just not even traveling for the bowl game. But um, he's actually, like, if you go to the Reese's Senior Bowl website, he's actually on the roster for the national team. In order to find Kalen King's name on the roster, you actually have to download the PDF and see. Um, he is a junior, so I don't know how much he's going to play in the game. Uh, I I feel like the actual published rosters on the website are going to be those who are going to be playing in the game. Everybody else is kind of just there for, for the – networking aspect the exposure of it. yeah yeah it's to get the practice reps to get to get the interviews to get your measurables on paper and um you know the videos that come out like corners get beat in practice corners beat wide receivers in practice like that's just how it is and it you just got to look at real world speed right you can watch all the tape and all the tape in the world and until you actually like get down on the sideline or like watch close up hit person like you don't you don't realize how thing like how fast people are or how quick they are on their feet like are they stomping while they run are they mid striding and like actually making good contact with the ground I used to run track so um like those are things that you can't really see on tape and like I, I forget where it was but like you just saw it and it was like man that's that's different like you can get that different factor when you're there in person and that's that's kind of what this is there for. And that's the thing, you know, with with these types of situations, you mentioned it earlier and how NIL impacts this. Well, you mentioned Kalen King being an underclassman. Um, you know, NIL is, is is a significant factor here with with all of this. And I think that's one of the things that you kind of have to kind of you you take it with a grain of salt because you, you're not getting the best seniors. Um, so you do have to dive into that that underclassman pool. Um but NIL is going to significantly impact these games. And I don't know that it, I don't know how to evaluate that yet. And I think that's the issue is you just really don't know how to evaluate certain things when it comes to NIL or what's good, bad, or indifferent about being playing in, a, in one of these games. I mean, typically the, the better players don't play in these games and you see a Bo Nix, but let's be real, you know, Caleb Williams isn't sniffing it in this game. Um, you know, Saquon, Saquon Barkley, I don't think, played in this game so you know you you kind of take take the good for the bad and and nil is going to significantly impact these types of games from here until they get that regulated and what we're seeing now is the ncaa is trying to regulate those and we'll talk about that a little bit in the second segment um but it's not a great situation right now excuse me no and you mentioned top players not going i don't think the number one overall draft pick has played since baker mayfield did back in 2018 so we're going on six years mm-hmm. i had to do the math that it's actually 2024 now but um 
Yeah, it's going on six years since the number one players there. But this, I mean, it's really good for those guys in the four to seven round. Like seeing those guys run, seeing mm -hmm. those guys like when they like is for defensive linemen or offensive line, like how hard do they hit the sled? Like you can tell like what kind of strength they have. And that's stuff that, you know, doesn't show up. And like it's a chance for scouts to get better to look at you and in person like it's it's different in person and it's, it's just a good opportunity for those who are fighting for that round four to seven spot it's best for those guys that aren't invited to the combine you get another extra set of testing extra set of everything and i think that's and you get to see a live game and i think there is value in that but ultimately the game is changing before our very eyes and we've talked about this at length. I'm not 100% sure if it's better or worse or what have you. But we're going to find out more when we come back for the second and final segment of the Lashing Out podcast and the Sports Now Network. Welcome back to the second and final segment of the Lashing Out Podcast, Nitty Sports Now Network. He's Kevin. I'm Jared. I'm sure you're wondering why this is the second and final. It is the offseason. Kevin and I really don't have a lot to talk about just now. Penn State basketball is playing as we speak. They were up two over Rutgers, the pride of Piscataway, uh, without Kanye Clary, who is out with a face injury. Um, and, and we just don't really have enough content to talk about about for three segments so rather than stay up late and and talk to, to each other until we fall asleep we figure we keep it short sweet and to the point and kevin we before we went to break we talked about the changing landscape and you know our last podcast we talked about saving leaving and jim harbaugh has decided to go to the nfl where he'll get a, a boatload of money and good for him sharone moore is, is now the head coach at michigan shocker he was their head coach most of the year uh this year anyway He's taking Jesse Minter, which is great um, for the Big Ten. I think everybody is breathing a sigh of relief. Now I'm sure they'll have somebody in the fold to make everybody take a deep breath in. Um, but you're going to see – and let's talk about Harbaugh. We talk about Harbaugh all the time because Harbaugh and, – and let's be real, Nick Saban too – they are at the peak of their careers. Harbaugh obviously just won the national title game. Saban – was in the college football playoff semifinals, almost almost beat Michigan, um, and I thought did the best of his career. But they are both now bolting, um, one to retirement, one to the NFL, because of the way the game is. Because it's not the aspect on the field that's the problem. It's the behind-the-scenes stuff. You're re-recruiting guys. And I said this in a column for the Altoona Mirror for St. Francis basketball, which is a which is a low tier, mid major conference uh, NEC conference team here in Central Pennsylvania. You know those are the teams that get hurt, but but this is the this you have to re recruit your roster and worry about being poached by bigger schools. But at, at Alabama and and Michigan and throughout Power Five football. You're worrying about the wrong things now in the offseason. You're worrying about boosters. You're, and obviously, Tennessee can't get out of its own way. I think they've had 48 violations over the last few years. Um, Florida State's gotten themselves in hot water. All these schools are getting themselves in hot water to be that next guy up, that next guy, that, the next big thing. And they're not doing it the right way. And that, I think that's the unfortunate part of it. But that's why you see guys like Saban and Harbaugh 
take steps back and be like, you know what? We're done with this. We're out. We're done. And you see Jeff Halfley, who's the head coach at Boston College, leave a head coaching gig in college football to go to the Green Bay Packers as a coordinator. And I think there's that speaks volumes to me at the state of college football. Yeah, and probably Tennessee's in it with the boosters. UEF is under major microscope right now because of the recruitment of Jaden Rashada. He ends up going to Arizona State after his NIL. Oh, man, yes. He was his... going to get paid so much money. So to... he had an and offer. Without proving anything. He had an offer from the University of Miami for $9.8 million. And the UF boosters came in and said, how about $13.8 million? As a high school senior, never played a down of college football, they're offering this guy thirteen point eight million. That's like that's that might be stealing more money than Ben Simmons. Oh wow, I, that's low hanging fruit. I mean, like, like, but like, about, like that's, but that's college football. We talk about this all the time, and I know I bring this up religiously. Once you get to college, you don't have stars. You, those stars don't matter. My God, if I could take thirteen million dollars without being a proven thing. That would be great. I would be the biggest disappointment in the world, but I'd be $13 million richer. And that's that's the problem with it. Everybody wanted the, the NCAA to back off and be like, ah, you know what? We don't need you. Well, the fact is they need them, but I don't know what the NCAA can do because it's a runaway freight train. But you're just seeing so many of these different things, especially in college football right now, because that's where, their mon- that's where the money is. Let's be real. It's not in the Olympic sports. That's for damn sure. But it, it is absurd the amount of money that's involved, and all the issues that you have to you have to deal with the collectives. Well, the collectives are doing it the right way. The collectives are what screwed Florida, and now their collective can't do something. I think the same thing um, in Florida State, and that's the issue now. Listen, it was much better with the boosters funneling that money illegally rather than through the NIL collectives. Yeah, and if you're the disadvantages, if you're Michigan, if you're Alabama, if you're Washington, your head coach leaves, your roster opens. Yes. For 30 days. So all of the boosters from Tennessee and Florida and Florida State and every other booster mm-hmm. collective that's doing things, they're recruiting with NIL like they're not supposed to be doing. It's not supposed to be pay for play. It's supposed to be pay for name, image, and likeness, but it's becoming pay for play. And we all knew that's what it would become. But their roster opens for 30 days. Alabama loses, what, 29 players or something to the transfer portal, loses a five star wide receiver, loses the incoming five star quarterback. Like rosters decimated. Hopefully DeBoer can bring DeBoer has brought some of his guys from Washington over. Jed Fish brought some of his guys from Arizona to Washington, but not enough that you think that Washington I mean Washington's losing their entire roster to the NFL draft this year. But like the state of college football is just it's so messed up. And the fact that your roster opens for 30 days with NIL with all these violations going on, like these teams don't care because the violations, yeah. it doesn't happen for four years, right? Jim mm-hmm. Harbaugh went to Michigan, cheated his ass off, leaves Michigan after winning a national title, and in three years from now, Michigan will be so heavily sanctioned it'll be like it'll be a ghost town. But it doesn't matter because Jim Harbaugh won a national championship and now he's making sixteen million dollars a year with the Chargers. Like, does Jim Harbaugh care? No. Might, might the Michigan fans in three years when their program's dead because they're limited to like fifty scholarships a year or some crazy number, just because of like how bad this like this could shake out and it's probably not going to be that low. But just you know, just speaking in hyperbole, like Michigan fans will probably they may just turn on Jim Harbaugh. Like, is the national championship that he won good enough to like kill the program three years from now? I mean, 
Honestly, if Penn State won a national championship. I mean, they didn't really lose much of anything anyway. Um, but but with the fact that he didn't really – he wasn't really the head coach for most of the games, I don't think they're going to miss a beat, which is unfortunate for everybody else in the Big Ten, even the new guys. But I think the other thing, too, is like Harbaugh was very outspoken in how broken the college model is and how, you know, the players should be compensated and compensated more. Well, that's a double-edged sword. It, it, it all depends on who they're compensated by. And that's the problem right now. They're compensated by the collectives, which is, which are great things. I think uh, we see this more for the other sports, the women's basketballs, the men's basketballs really where that's more of a factor. But right now it's so unfortunate because now football's taking all the money, but it's really putting, it's really skewing a lot of different things for college football and, and why would you, as a head coach, want to deal with it? That's one more thing you have to deal with on top of compiling a roster, on top of boosters, on top of admin meetings, on top of developing your program. It's And listen, they get compensated very, very well. Let's be real here. James Franklin is the highest paid person in Pennsylvania as far as uh, state employees go. But this is the this is the era of college football that we live in. And and it's an unfortunate thing. They they had the opportunity to come in, set some ground ground groundwork, and they just re- refused to do it. And now you reap what you sow, and now it's a disaster. And it's a runaway freight train that's not getting any prettier anytime soon. No, and the landscape's probably what made Nick Saban say, "You know what? This ain't worth it anymore." Oh, without a doubt, because your work plenty of years. You're working 364 days a year. You might take Christmas off, like. If that, if, yeah, if that, because you're in the middle of bull prep at that point in time, but you're talking to the boosters, you're talking to the collectives, like, and you're still trying to go out and fly the helicopter to this high school, random high school game the day before your game. You know what I mean? Just crazy stuff. It's just like NIL, it's, it's, it's good. Like, never will we say like these kids getting paid for playing college football is a bad thing. But has it changed the landscape of the sport so much that, like, I I I wonder how long it takes for NIL deals to be multi-year commitments. Like, it it seems like that's pretty much the only way because unless you get these guys sign up for two and three year deals for hey, you want to come here two years four million like it's it's got to become contract based because right now it's all year by year. Like Julian Fleming getting the Blaze Alexander, which was a great commercial, a little bit painful, but like it exactly really what good. exactly what you want from the local car dealership, right? Um, but like until like that becomes a two year deal and you have to do it, like Drew Aller's in a new car because the Tesla X that he got last year was only for one year. We'll give you this Model X for three years, and if you avoid it, you got to pay us back. How you pay back for car compensation? I don't know, but like I, I think some point in time it has to come to. You have to play, and do you have to play in your bowl game? Yeah, because the NIL money. And if you're a bowl game, who's to say you don't just say, "Hey, listen, you get a playing bonus." Yeah, you know, every player gets this certain amount of money, or or whatever. They have to get rid of the five dollar five hundred. Is it five hundred dollars that you can give? Like, yeah, to these guys with with NIL, like if they're making a hundred, circumvent that by giving that to their NIL collective. Yeah. But like you if you're performance bonus, yeah, right. It's 
something's got to change and it's got to change fast. If not, college football is going to look, I'm not trying to be like a get off my lawn or a boom or something, but like, it's right. different. It's like it's not the game. It's not the game we love either. No, right? it, it's not sustainable. And if this is going to be the case, well, then Reggie Bush should get his Heisman back. Uh yeah, he should have his Heisman back. He should have never lost it. But right, and and that's the thing too. You know, so so okay. So let's take a look at real quick before we go. Let's take a look at Reggie Reggie Bush's situation. He's taking money for a house, right, or for to to house his mother, or that sort of thing. That's what's you know. That's such a different situation than say, oh, getting thirteen million dollars. Yeah, that's generational money. But Reggie Bush is literally trying to have a house for his mother, right? So like, but he's punished for that. But now, you know, you can go and get whatever you want, and and I think if, name, image, likeness is is a great is great in theory. You know, if it's for their name, image, and likeness, it's if it's if it's a local steak restaurant like Texas Roadhouse, feeding linemen. Or, or or whatever there's uh i think there's a group in pittsburgh that does that or in pit um and that's the thing right like you that's when it when it benefits you the most say hey listen we're we're feeding our linemen or drew out oh drew Aller has one I, I forget where it's at in, in penn state but he gets to feed the feeds the linemen after a game or whatever that matters like these kids and they're coming from nothing you know get that free food get that like that's when that is, it makes sense but now it's just it, you're just throwing money and hoping it hoping it sticks and it's an absolute disaster. Yes, if just to go back to Reggie Bush, two hundred and ninety one thousand dollars is what he got in trouble for. Granted, it's nearly twenty years; it's eighteen years ago. But under three hundred thousand, how many NIL? How many players? I don't think that there's probably a quarterback in Power Five who makes under three hundred thousand dollars a year. Well, what's 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 Caleb Williams make? Caleb Williams is that Heisman quarterback. Yeah, what's his hint? What's his windy steal? I bet his windy steal is for a couple million off the bat. Yeah, definitely a couple hundred thousand. Now, speaking of, we mentioned Pitt, and this is the low hanging fruit. But did you see West Virginia's state schedule release? I did not. Video. This is your homework for next week, Kevin. You're you're to watch that video, the schedule release video, because Penn State is in it. Um, Penn State was clever, but Pitts was incredible when they All announced right. their. When, he, when they announced their video. So with that, Kevin and I, well, we might be back next week. I'm not quite sure. Actually, yes, we will be next week because we got to preview the Super Bowl, and there are a multitude of Penn State players, including Altoona's own Kevin Gibbons playing in the Super Bowl, Taylor's version. Sounds good. We'll see you next week. As always, thank you for listening to the Lashing Out Podcast on Indie Sports Now Network. For Kevin Quigley, this has been Jared Prugar. Enjoy the rest of your